0: a little bit. Um, we're, in, we're in Colossians this morning, and again, I'm going to just praise the Lord for this opportunity to be together. And If you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Colossians chapter 2, and we'll read a couple scriptures there and um, see what the Lord has for us as a reminder of how we ought to live for Him and serve Him um, as we, we go through through our life. And so Colossians chapter 2, the title of the message this morning is simply called, Thank God. Thank God. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, the Apostle Paul says, as, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. Overflowing with thanksgiving. Thanks, actually, thankfulness, he says. And then in chapter four, if you just flip in your Bible, you just flip one page over on your phone, just slide over a couple chapters over. He says in chapter four and verse two devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And it echoes what he has said in other epistles. And coupling those things together, that if we're gonna be prayerful for people, we are watchful and we're grateful. They go together, they can't be separate. We are thankful when we pray. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And this morning, I just wanna share with you three reasons to thank God. You may have read articles or, or little uh, you know, devotionals or heard sermons or seen things uh, at different places in different contexts, but about you know, 52 ways you can praise the Lord or you know, 648 reasons why you should thank God. You know, the one reason why you should thank God. And the lists go on, all these lists, and there's, there's a whole bunch of them, but I just want to give you three and I think that it'll encapsulate everything and everything will fall underneath all of this. And the first reason that we thank God is because giving thanks is his plan for us. It's his plan for us. We're familiar with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 where the apostle Paul says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." It's His plan, it's His desire, it's His will. It's what He intends, it's what He wants, it's what He's called you if you're a child of His. That is what He wants you and you must do, you must thank God in all circumstances. Now I have to say that even as I read that, and I I said this in the first service, when I read give thanks in all circumstances, I I get, I'm guilty. Because I I don't give thanks in all circumstances. Um, Do you give thanks... Because I often don't when things don't go as I thought they would. Do you still give thanks? I struggle with that. I'm sure you do too. Do you struggle to give thanks when things for people you love don't go so well? But Paul says that we should in all circumstances, all circumstances, give thanks why because it's God's will it's his plan for you if you're his, if you're his child his plan for you is to be thankful to him for everything now it's not necessarily that we're thankful for everything that happens but we're thankful in every context we find ourselves in because we know who's with us, and it's God. And so we thank Him anyway. We're not glad, right? We're not thankful. I mean, we we can we can stretch it and say things, and some people make these declarations, and I find it hard for me to do personally to say, "God, I'm so thankful that I feel miserable and I have the flu today." I mean, how many, I mean, have you done that? I mean, how many of you done some? Of, some of us, some of you are brave or mature enough in your faith that you can do that. I, I'm not there yet. I want to be there, but we're not there yet. But the point is is that we have to thank God anyway. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your body's going through. It makes it difficult because our mind, our emotions, our bodies get in the way. We have to shake that off. And remember, God's plan for us is that we thank Him in all circumstances. I'm not suggesting it's easy. I'm just telling you that it's God's plan. It's God's plan. It's His will for you. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul also writes, And he writes in the first seven verses, I'll read the whole thing just to set the context and maybe it's a little too much, but he says, follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That is the epitome of selflessness. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather replace all that with thanksgiving, he says, but rather thanksgiving." For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partake partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And he goes on and describes what it means that we should live as wise, not as unwise, to make it, take advantage of the time that God has given us. And later on in chapter 5, in verse 20, he says, Always giving thanks for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Let me read that again. Always giving thanks for all things. Not just some things, all things, everywhere you are, anything you're going through, you find a way to thank God and to glorify His name because that's His plan. It's God's plan for us. You see, obedience, when we follow God's plan and His will and we subject ourselves and we surrender to that and we do that, we always have blessing. There are examples in the Old Testament, and Deuteronomy is a great place to see this, but it's throughout Scripture, where God through Moses lays out the law. We've, we've addressed this before in different sermons or in lessons and, and whatnot. But Moses recites the law to his people before they, they're going to cross into the promised land. And there are always these stipulations, and there are all the, that, as long as you're doing what God wants you to do, and you're compliant, and you're, 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 you surrender, you submit to his ways, he blesses you. When you don't, Things don't always go that well. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that you're not his. But things don't go well. Plain and simple. And part of God's plan is for us to be thankful. And that's also mentioned in Deuteronomy as well as other uh, books in the Old Testament throughout where God's reminding us that obedience to his plan, to his will, always results in blessing. Not on your terms or how you define what blessing means, but you will always be blessed when you obey. So if, if in fact... We accept the reason as being true and what God wants and that it's a legitimate, a viable one. That that We thank Him because it's His plan for us, which He indicates it is. If we do that, we will be blessed no matter what's going on around us. I know it's a lot to say because a lot of things go on around us that are not easy. But His plan is for us to be thankful. Being thankful keeps us humble. Did you know that? Being thankful keeps you humble, keeps me humble. When I'm not thankful... Boy, I have a lot of thoughts that are all over the place and they take my mind off of God and the fact that I am absolutely dependent on Him. You are dependent on Him. Without Him, you wouldn't be here because of His grace, because of His provision in other things, material things, relational things, financial things. All across the board, we are dependent. We exist because of God. And Paul writes it in Colossians. "There are all things we created by Him, for Him, and through Him, they exist. If it wasn't for Him you wouldn't be here. We had to be thankful. Thanking God reminds us, again, of our dependence on Him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And he's, he's talking about Jesus, God's Son who came to die for the sins of the world, to die for your sins. Those who God loves so much, He dies and has a plan of salvation. And he says, thanks be to God for that gift, that salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Without Him... We cannot become. Without Jesus, we cannot become what the Father wants us to be. And we can't do what pleases Him on our own. We are dependent on God. We are dependent on Jesus. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit. And we need His Word to guide us. Thanking God reminds us that we need Him. Amen? Amen. Thanking God not only reminds us that we need Him, but it reminds us that we need others. And it causes us to thank God for those around us. The Apostle Paul was very good at doing this. And in some of his epistles and earlier on, in Colossians and Philippians and even Thessalonians, he says that every time that he thinks of those people he's writing to, he thanks God for them. Because he sees the fruit of the gospel, of the word of God working in their lives. He sees that their faith is intact because God gave it to them and he keeps them and he supports them and he takes them through. And he sees the fruit and the result of their, their, their ambition and their enthusiasm to spread the gospel but also to glorify God and to live the way that God wants them to live. And he encourages them to keep doing that. And when they're off, he, try, he corrects them as an apostle, right? But he thanks God for them. And it's a reminder that we should be mindful, and not only in this season, but all the time. That if it's God's plan to be thankful to him for all things, we should also be thankful to those around us because we walk this journey together and not alone. Amen? And CR is a great place to discover and learn that. If you want to ever know, it's a great place to learn that you, don't, you can't do it alone. You need God, and then when you have God, He brings people alongside you that you can be thankful for and be victorious and overcome all those things that try to push us down so that we're not thankful and we don't live the way God intends us to. Amen? So first, giving thanks is His plan for us. Not only do we give thanks to God because it's His plan, but secondly, we give thanks to God because... Giving thanks has historical precedent. History is marked. There's a pattern in history of giving thanks to God, and especially with God's people. The Hebrew people, God's chosen people through Abraham, are a great example of this, of course. Now, actually, even before Abraham, we have the priest, Melchizedek. Do you remember him? He's kind of this this figure we know very little about. He's mentioned in Hebrews, and very, very little mentioned. uh, What the idea that he offered up praises, he was a priest and he was thanking God and offering up sacrifices and worshiping and glorifying God, is there, Here he did that. And way, way before Abraham. And then, then you have Noah. What did Noah do? Um, not, not only before the ark was built, but after the ark and the flood and the water subsided, what did he do? He built an altar. He, sees, he builds an altar and he thanks God. He praises God. He worships God. He, he can't help himself because he realizes that if it hadn't been for God, he wouldn't have been spared. We need that reminder too. And God, God sends events and people and circumstances to remind us. Maybe they're not rainbows, but they're people and, and, and different things to remind us whoa, stop, calm down. Remember, God saved you. God's with you. He has a plan. He's sparing you, and he's going to take you to the end. He's going to bring you home. He has a plan for you. So the Hebrew people were very familiar with this from Abraham on. And Leviticus chapter 23 teaches us and that, that Sukkot okay, is, it was, was to be a time of bringing. It's a time of the year. It's a feast. It's a festival they had. It was a time of bringing in the latter harvest. And, and in other words, it was kind of like the Jewish Thanksgiving that they had. And I don't want to say the Jews invented Thanksgiving because God really invented it, but but He He that was His plan. That there would be Thanksgiving unto him from His people all the time. And it wasn't any different for the for the for the Jewish people and for for the Israelites. And there are 28 references in the Word of God, in the King James Version anyway, of the word thanksgiving. Not just thanks, but thanksgiving. And all of them are in the Old Testament except for a handful, five or six are in the New Testament. The word thanksgiving. But they're all in the Old Testament. And for the, the children of Israel, Thanksgiving was a time of feasting, it was a time of fasting, it was a time of praising God, it was a time of singing songs, it was a time of dancing, it was a time of celebrating, it was an all-out party, as well as it was sobering in moments to stop and remember and humbling how great God was and how merciful He was to save you from, from, from the, uh, the Egyptians. And to have a plan through Abraham and that it's going to be carried out and that the Messiah would come and there's a future for them and that God had a future for them and a plan that would last for a long time and He wouldn't leave them and forsake them. And you know what? They praised God and they thanked God on a regular basis. We have evidence of that through Scripture. And it was a rich celebration this time of Sukkot. And still it's observed by Jews today. It was their Thanksgiving. All the great things God has done for them and just by virtue of who He is, they thanked him and had a big old party. It was Thanksgiving. The Psalms. We're familiar with the Psalms. I can go through every book in the Bible and show you where Thanksgiving to God is not only uh, manifest in the accounts there, but it's encouraged and it's, we're, we're taught to have thanksgiving, and to offer thanks to God. But the Psalms, we're very familiar, a lot of us with them. We can quote a lot of them, and we can think, and just think in your mind. I'm, I'm just, hundreds of times you hear the word, give thanks to God. Oh, give thanks to God. Give thanks to God. I could keep saying it. Give thanks to God. Keep giving thanks to God. Praise God. Extol the Lord. Exalt the Lord. Praise Him. Sing to Him. Thank Him. Over and over and over and over again in the Psalms, you will hear that. Right? If you've read the Scriptures. Hundreds of times. And this indicates again that Thanksgiving was foundational to Israel's worship of God. Well, wait a minute, it is foundational, because when we're told by the Apostle Paul that it's the will of God, it's God's plan, that we do it with, what? With watchfulness and with thanksgiving. You can't separate those things. So everything we do to our Lord has to be done with thanksgiving, and the Israelites certainly knew that. And boy, did David ever know that? And he went through a lot of stuff, and stuff wasn't good when he was being chased down, and his life was being sought, and they they wanted to take his life, Saul and many other He was thanking God, and he wrote some of the most amazing psalms. Thanking God because of who he was, and that God could set him free and deliver him from those who were trying to destroy him. And amazing. Do you remember the the people of God? They, They had a patch, well, many patches in their history where they weren't so good. They weren't so good. And they ended up in captivity. And after the exile... Ezra and Nehemiah come out and one of the things you'll read when you read those those accounts is that they begin to build the foundation for the temple and then they build the actual temple. And, and, and it wasn't even done, but they were, they had, they had a time, the, the, the Bible records, they were praising and thanking God that they were a home and that they built just the foundation and that build, the, the, the temple was being constructed. They were praising and thanking God after the exile. You know, they kind of forgot God, if I could put it that way, for a while. Then they went in exile. God brought them back to their senses. And then when they returned home, all they could do was thank and praise God. Do you remember uh, the name William Bradford, the Mayflower, the Pilgrims, Plymouth Plantation? You you, you remember that, right? There's there's a lot. Folks, I just want to just straight up. We we struggle with this all the time. Not Not only since the fall, but throughout human history. We struggle and there's this battle with revisionist history. Of of, of writing history in a way that suits our appetite or our philosophy or our perspective or whatever. We want to change things or we want to omit things or add things or just altogether just remove a whole portion of history. We want to do that. And there are many accounts and things that happened in history where this goes on. Even now. Now more than ever before actually. But William Bradford, the first Pilgrim governor... And, and, and he proclaimed the first Thanksgiving celebration. And he used the scriptures. And you can read his journals. You can read some of the accounts historically. Both the Old and the New Testaments were used in this process and in his governance. And also on this day where they had this meal. And there's, there's a lot of history to this. There's a lot of interesting things there. And he used the word of God to help guide that county. Was it perfect? Was it perfect? No. It's not. It wasn't perfect. not about it being perfect. It's about being perfectly submitted and perfectly surrendering to the Lord and, 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 and depending on Him for guidance in all your imperfections. And hopefully we learn and, and get better through that and become more like Christ, right? But he uses scriptures. And, and here's a quote. Bradford himself studied the Hebrew scriptures. The pilgrims took them very seriously. The idea of giving thanks to God with a feast was inspired by that knowledge of the Bible. In a very real way, the pilgrims saw themselves too as chosen people of God being led to a promised land. And they came here for other reasons too, but they wanted that freedom. They wanted to worship their own way. They were separate. There's a lot of other issues involved too. We understand that. But they saw themselves that way. And in addition to proclaiming a day of thanksgiving, like the ancient Hebrews did before them, Bradford and his flock also praised God's loving kindness. And you will note... The famous refrains and parts of Psalms 106 and 107 and what they did in celebrating Thanksgiving and other events they had corporately at Plymouth Plantation. Psalm 106 and 107. And they echoed Jewish liturgy, glorifying God and thanking God for all that he had done for them and for who he was. Fast forward. Other accounts in the Old Testament as well, in our history as well, Actually, going backwards, I'm going forward, going backwards again. We all, we, we, we know Jesus, right? The, the gospel's all about Jesus. Jesus had a habit of thanking God. There's a pattern in his life to thanking God. Do you remember when Jesus is faced with, he's speaking and he's teaching, and there are crowds of people around him, and this little boy comes up with 5,000, probably more, who knows, thousands of people, let's just say thousands of people, and a little boy comes up says, Jesus, I have, I have some scraps for you, some fish and some bread. Now think about that with all those people to have just scraps in light of the numbers, the sheer mass of people. And what does Jesus do? He says, oh, little boy, that is way too little. Are you crazy? Back off. Go and enjoy it. It's not going to help anyone. No. You know what he does? He took whatever he had, and we fail to do this in our own lives. The very little, and we think we have nothing, even if it's just scraps. And all that Jesus does, he simply says, the Bible records, he gave thanks. And when he gave thanks, a miracle gets set off in motion. Now, that's not a formula for you to go home and start thanking God and seeing a miracle. Mean, God might do that. He might choose to do that. But you know what? The miracle will be that your disposition, your perspective, your attitude, your faith will rise. And you will start to see that God is the almighty miracle worker, provider, sustainer, and everything you need. And Jesus thanks, and then they all eat, and they have leftover. Amen. Thank God again, because they have leftover, right? And it's an amazing thing Jesus did. And what about the Passover, the Last Supper? Jesus and his disciples. And he's up in that room, and the Bible records that he took the bread. And what did he do? He gave thanks. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Then he took the cup, and he gave thanks. He did it. He, did it. he gave Thanks understanding not only the rich history behind what he was doing with the deliverance of the Israelites from Egypt, but what it meant for future and that he was the fulfillment. And he thanked God that he was part of that plan, that he's the Passover lamb and he knows he's going to die and he thanks God anyway. This is my body given for you. This is my blood of the new covenant that he's poured out for you. And he's saying that when he's thanking God for it. Because God's plan is being fulfilled and part of God's plan includes being thankful to him for everything he's going to accomplish. After his resurrection, Jesus also shows us that when he's sitting on the shores in John's gospel and and the disciples are out and they come back. And Jesus is sitting there with a meal ready for them, right? What does the Bible say he does when they came, when he offered them the food? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He died for their sins. He rose again. He invites them to eat with them, and he gives thanks to God for his provision and that they can eat a meal together. There's a pattern of thanksgiving in Jesus' life. And one more, just because of historical precedent, that we need to thank God. In 1789, a long time ago, the first president of the United States wrote a thanksgiving proclamation. We don't hear about this very often, but... George Washington stated this. He said, "It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, that we may be may all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have enjoyed and in general for the great and various favors" which he has been pleased to confer upon us that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers to the great Lord and ruler of all nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions. What'd you say? What? I gotta follow that. What? The language, the way he's speaking. He's basically saying, we gotta give thanks to God as a nation. And we thank him because he'll also forgive us for all our iniquities and all the things that we do wrong. And he was probably repenting for himself too because he did things that weren't right either, just like all of us. But he, he made a, a, a proclamation here that we have to thank God. And in that thanksgiving, we go to God, we pray, and we're recognizing who we are. We should thank God because it's his plan for us, and we should thank God because there is historical precedent. And because there is historical precedent, what it means is is that we should thank God right now. And we don't do this very often. We do it from time to time. But we're going to take a few minutes, and if there's anyone here, the floor is open for a few minutes, you want to thank God and praise him. This is your opportunity. We had many in the first service it was good. But keep it short, keep it brief. But if you want to thank God or praise God and testify of the goodness of God and thank Him and praise His name, this is your opportunity. Just raise your hand. I'll come right to you. Don't be afraid. Oh, Kathy beat you. Yeah. Now you need the microphone. I just thank God that all things really. Yeah.